I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined by Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we doing? I'm really well. It's good to have you back. I was going to say as ever by Bradley Todd, but we've uh, we've <laughs> no. missed you for a couple of weeks, haven't we? And uh, yeah. and then it seems is is it saying uh, ships passing in the night or something like that? It seems to be every time we get you back, Jason's off and vice versa. But um, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to get the three of us down together uh, these <laughs> days, isn't it? So uh, yeah, it is. No, it's good to be back. I've, I have missed it. No, it's good. Good to have you back, and good that you enjoyed your, your couple of weeks off and your holidays and things like that. And uh, you're sort of back at it. But obviously, for your uh, your sort of Patreon reading and things like that, you've obviously been keeping going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, you gave us some selections for the podcast, which was uh, great. Yeah, trying to juggle it all. It's a, it's a busy time actually. This like this time of the year, like you think. I was looking ahead, and like basically December is empty for golf. It's like. Mm. the QBE shootout and Hero World Challenge or whatever yeah. um, and obviously the, the, the DP World Tour ends in November so you basically get December off but other than that it's like it's an all year thing like it, it's just it, so no, busy it is yeah but you, there will be some qualifiers and stuff I remember last year you would have the, the seniors tour qualifiers like you, you never know if it's going to be consistently pro- but you'll just find little random events like that pop up on like Skybet which are always I love digging into them kind of events so there will be stuff that pops up Australia as well might have some events coming through in December. So yeah, yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely have some stuff to talk about. If we don't do specific events, we'll probably do sort of ones to watch and things like that. Um, yes, so definitely. We, we won't go missing for a whole month, um, but it will equally be nice to sort of have some downtime as well. So mm-hmm. um, last week, Brad, I don't know how much how much of the Italian Open did you get to watch? So I watched um, just the end of it. Really, I just caught the end of it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I was obviously delighted for Bobby Mack. Um, I've got to admit, I thought Fitz would get the job done when I saw it coming down the stretch. Um, but yeah, even Perez had a chance to sort of join him in the in the playoff, and that would have been it made it a little bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm just you can't not root for Bobby Mack. He's just such a great lad, and it's a big win for him. You know, it's a sort of put himself proper in the picture for the, for the Ryder Cup. And uh, which is obviously one of his aspirations. So, yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, I think I sort of tweeted out basically as soon as he finished yesterday that like it can't be understated or under overstated. Sorry, how big of a win this was for mm-hmm. him because like to be honest, I, I pretty much I just counted it as his first win. Like I don't really count that Cypress Showdown victory to be honest with you. Like it, it never changed my mind about Robert McIntyre. Never affected how I felt mm-hmm. about him. Um, he didn't win the 72-hole scoring, anything like that. So it's really hard to quantify what that win meant. Um, and it didn't seem to change anything in his career. Like, it didn't seem to make him a better closer or anything like that. So it's now going to be interesting, Brad, to see how he kicks on. Because as you've already said, done it on the Ryder Cup course. Um, does that in front of uh, Fitzpatrick directly in the playoff. Rory in contention. Beat some big names there, hasn't he? Yeah. Bounces back from bogeys at 14 and 15 to, to make birdies. I think he made them... Is it 15 and 17 or something or 15 and 18 16 and 18 something like that like towards the end of the round um so he's won on the Ryder Cup venue he's probably got a chance now I think to get himself back into the top 50 in the world before mm-hmm. the year end which means he can get himself back into the Masters which he did miss out on um because he, he didn't quite get into the top 12 did he this year so a mm-hmm. lot of lot of things to play for now for 
for Bob. Um, he's in the field this week. I thought he might have taken a week off uh, after winning, and then he's got Dunhill links next week. But maybe just wants to keep going while he's in yeah, form. Ride, ride the good wave. Yeah, you know? not not necessarily sure it's the best golf course for him this week, which we'll obviously come on to um, mm. shortly. But I mean, when he's playing the way he's playing, I think he can probably compete anywhere. Um, Definitely. I've been very critical of him recently. Like I'll, I'll be, you know, completely upfront and say that. I've basically sort of said he was lost. I've basically sort of said that he, he you know, he wasn't going out to the prices that he should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, Ewan Ferguson shouldn't have been priced with him because Ferguson was actually getting the jobs done and he wasn't. So all, all those sort of things. Then I sort of said that Fitzpatrick of the top three last week was the least likely to win and he obviously had a, a great chance of doing so. Um, yeah. So last week wasn't a great week for me, <laughs> but in terms of like my takes <laughs> recently. But Fitz, I think, would have still... Got he, the camera or, or someone's phone or something went off in his backswing in the first playoff hole, didn't it? Um, and mm. that seemed to put him off. Um, so I think that was um, maybe a factor. But yeah. can't take away from the fact that Bob did exactly what he needed to do. Shot a 64, even with those three or four bogeys. Like, just a wild effort. I think you just criticised uh, Bobby Mack a little bit recently in the fact that he just doesn't look like he has that killer instinct to sort of want to like, win a tournament. Sort of yeah. Yeah stumbling on a Sunday, not bringing his best stuff. And then he's obviously done it the other way around. He started slow and he's got better as the, the week's gone on. And I think that might have helped him, you know. Just, um, just strikes me as someone that very content with just what he's done in his career so far. Like, yeah. really happy with the fact he's finished top 12 or whatever at the, the Masters. And mm-hmm. like, and so, as, as he should, by the way. Like, there's no, there's no taking away from the fact that he, he's very consistent. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a massive thing. Um, but when you listened to him talk yesterday, he was like, you know, a couple of months ago. And it kind of backs up what we'd been saying. Like, he said, a couple of months ago, I was lost. He said, I didn't know where to mm-hmm. go with my career. Didn't know what I was doing. And then he got hold of Simon Shanks, who's Eddie Pepperell. I don't know if he's still Eddie Pepperell's coach, but definitely was his coach. Um like that's all that sort of needs to happen, right? So it, yeah. it it can sort of put you back on track. Um, so good good big win for McIntyre. Poor from Roy McIlroy, um, I think it's yeah. sort of fair to say. Um, Lucas Herbert and Kitty Armour didn't get the jobs done either, which um, Sky wasn't uh, too impressed about. I think did did you have one of those? Yeah, I was I was on Lucas Herbert. I was yeah. on Lucas Herbert as well. Yeah, yeah. So I was a bit so... there, but. It's strange. He was visibly very upset with his game yesterday, Herbert, which I've never mm. really seen him like. He was very, very outspoken and loud about what was going wrong. Um, yeah. Still shot 68. Like you, you look at the fact that he didn't really do anything on the final day. He shot 68, mm. and so did Rory. And you think, oh, like he was poor all day, but he wasn't really. Rory just hit that ball in the water on what was it 16 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but he kind of ruined his chances on the Saturday, didn't yeah. he? So. Mm-hmm. Um, good to see Perez back in contention, like you said earlier. Um, yeah, and um, Aaron Rye as well. Big, big point. He's been really lost as well recently. It's just it's kind of event though. When it plays a little bit tough, you like it's funny you see Lucas Herbert and Aaron Rye. They're just sort of you can. I think they're so similar as players. Yeah. I mean, um, Sky always puts Lucas Herbert and Kurt Kisiyama together, and then you add Aaron Rye into the mix. It's like a little. I put yeah, them. Yeah, I'd say then that's a good shout as well, Kitty Arm. I put Aaron Rye and Luke Herbert I together. Suppose, yeah, just, I suppose yeah. Herbert and Kitty Arm a bit longer than than Rye is. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas Rye's, but they're all sort of short game. Um, they just like thrive when it plays a little bit tougher and the conditions are a bit more moody, you know. Then they'll just start sort of come to the front a bit when they. Yeah. Sort of like they get motivated. 
No, it's good, isn't it? It's good good to see them all do it, especially Rye, who's had a, a, a long season on the PGA Tour, kind of keeping his golf cart mm. and stuff. So, um, oh, I didn't see any of the Fortunate Championship. All I know is that Danny Willett missed a three-footer. Oh, God, it was oh, horrific. And then a four-footer. The I couldn't. I felt so bad for Danny. <laughs> uh, what, what really frustrates me about the Danny Willett thing? One, I, I like Danny Willett, so I'd like to see him win, especially when he's only got to make a three-footer and then a four-footer to win. Um but also the fact that because he played so well and should have won, his price for Daniel Links next week is going to be uh, mm-hmm. crap, despite the fact yeah. that he's throwing a tournament. I'm not, I'm not sure I'd want to be taking him anyway. I think he's, his head's going to be up his arse after that. Jesus. that. That was not a good uh, finish. And then, of course, Max Homer chips in as well. Which Well, is that the fact that everyone forgets that, that he did actually just chip in as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a like, real... It's a moment of like, madness for both that, of them. Really. That means that, really, he could have had three putts. Um, yes, yeah. It, it, uh, it's a tough one, really. Um, it is tough. You don't like to see it. And I don't think Homer really, uh, was really that made up with it. He obviously glad he won, but I think he was just in shock. Um, yeah. What, what happened? No one likes to really win like that. No, I think I think he'd probably be not embarrassed because you, you know you have to make a shot and, and take your chance, don't yeah. you? But Danny Williams um, was just laughing it off. And I mean, I think he was like just showing a brave face. Yeah, ho- hopefully he doesn't take it too much because he still hasn't won a regular event on the PGA Tour, is he? Which is really no. a strange record. Like Fitz could end up going down that same direction as well after winning yeah, the US nice. Open. Uh, so interesting one. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon this very quickly before um, getting into the. Um, French Open because I don't want to talk about it too much but President's Cup um, mm. I think there's a really good chance for the American players now to, to show up because you've got Cameron Young Max Homer Kevin Kisner Billy Horschel um, that just don't get into these team events very often no. I mean Kisner's played in the President's Cup before but I don't think the others I don't think the others have um, I don't well definitely Max Homer and Cameron Young haven't I'm not sure about Horschel but I don't think he has either so you've got mm-hmm. them, and then you've got Burns as well. Like, Considering the, the, the pool of players that they're going to be able to choose from next year for the Ryder Cup, it's a very important moment for these guys to it's sort of step huge. up. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and I just think it's just, like, like you said, the Horshaw and um, Kisner, they, they're the two for me that really do appeal because I think they're just, you know, what they, we, we all know what they're like. They're competitors. They're serious competitors. And I think they're going to really um, patriotic. They're just going to really thrive and on in this sort of event, um, representing the USA. And they've got a fairly good record, both of them. They've done both showing up at Quail Hollow before. So, and they're they're actually the bottom of the points odds. So, I don't know. It's going to. I think them two represent the best value. But yeah, um, yes, yeah. I, I, I'm try, I don't know if I'm yet. I'm still unsure if I'm going to have a bet or not. I think I probably end up will. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll do something, but not not to be advised, I don't think. Um, no. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting enough. I think Max Homer could be really could be a really good match play player, really good team player. Um, mm. I don't know how well he knows anyone. I think once he's been around these teams for a little while, maybe can make a relationship with a with with, with whoever. I mean, I don't know if he might play with Burns or something like that. Um, but yeah. I, I, is it Burns and Scotty Scheffler that are good friends? So maybe they'll play together. Yes, um, they are, yeah. The, the only thing that worries me with, with Kisner is we've seen him play President's Cup before and I think he got carried a little bit by Mickelson. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's funny because Kisner's always on the periphery of these teams, isn't he? And everyone mm-hmm. sort of says you should pick him. And if they were ever going to pick him, they should have picked him on this golf course uh, in 2018. Um, 
but yeah, Billy Horshaw is, is living for this kind of event. So he, he is, isn't um, he? he? He'll be. And then on on the international team, as much as they're a far weaker side, you've really got you know you've got Tom Kim, you've got um, you know Sung Taylor Pendris, Sung Jay. You've got people that you haven't yep. seen in these events as much. No, it's um, going to be exciting. You know, I'm probably going to watch quite a bit of it. To be honest, apart um, from apart from Hideki and Scott, it's basically a fairly new team, isn't it? I think Siwoo and Sung Jay have both played in one, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but the others like Mito, Munoz, Bezuidenhauer, yeah. like really like Cam Davis. Like Cam Davis could be a really good player. Um, could, yeah. Lucas Herbert would probably feel a bit uh, hard done by. Um, yeah, I think he would be the type as well in this kind of event. You know, got a bit gritty. You know, a bit between his teeth. I think he could be a great, a great President Cup player. Yeah, wonder, wonder why that is. I don't know if there's anything behind him not getting. Oh, no, I think he's really hard done by, and that's also another reason why. I'd, I continued to back him last week because I thought he might also be a bit... Bit of a chip on his pissed. shoulder. Yeah, a bit of chip on his shoulder, yeah. Oh, I like that. Let's get into the... Um, what, what do they call it? They called it the Kazoo Open now. Um, yeah, I still open ju- to France. Just to confuse us more, we've now got two Kazoo Opens and a Kazoo Classic. And the golf course yes. that we're going to reference in a minute is also on the Kazoo Open. So... Um, there's going to be a lot of confusion for me. Um, hopefully everyone can get past my confusion and understand what it is that I'm trying to say. So I'm going to get into that before I go into the odds board. So the Kazoo Open, which is held at Celtic Manor, so what used to be the Wales Open, um, provides an awful lot of crossover. Um, Tom Trijidi, Alex Noron and Graham McDowell have all won at both events. Nicholas Colsarts won here last time it was here in 2019 fourth at Celtic Manor. Tommy Fleetwood's won here, runner-up at Celtic Manor. Use Lawson is a winner and a runner-up at Celtic Manor, ninth and eleventh here. Peter Uline's a runner-up at both. Richard Sterney's a runner-up at both. Um, Gregory Bordy's a winner and runner-up in Wales and regularly inside the top 25 here, finished sixth. It's a big old amount of correlation. Mm. And when yep. you when you think about it, it makes sense because they're both Ryder Cup venues, they've both got those stadium elements to them. There's, there's a lot of wind in both places at times. Um... There's a little bit of links flare in both of the courses, I think. Um, so I would just say I think that's a really, really good link. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know why Kevin Machinquin is not playing because it seems like it'd be the perfect golf course for him. Um, so I'm doing a little bit of a Jason there who, uh, <laughs> who who always wants to back someone that's not playing. Um, let's look into the odds board, Brad. So we've got we've got Thomas Peters and Patrick Reed as joint favourites at sixteen to one. Robert yep. McIntyre, last week's winner, and Victor Perez at twenty to one. Uh, Jordan Smith, twenty-two to one. Adrian Moronk, Antoine Rosner, and Ryan Fox at twenty-eight to one. And we'll probably just stop there because otherwise, we'll just missed yep. everybody. Um, <clears throat> so, I think Peters and Reader are both fairly priced. I think they just are what they are. Um, mm-hmm. Every every opportunity to win, I just can't back them at sixteens. Now that McIntyre's won, you start to think, okay, now these are the sort of prices you can back him at. I won't. Um, so that brings us on to, Brad, uh, Victor Perez. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely love Victor Perez this week. I took a bit of a different route um, today. I've never done it before. I've, I took him in the, the each-way extra market, but three places. Yeah. Um, and so I got a, bit, a nice price. So I got 25 to 1. I think that's now been put down to 22s, but I would just take him at 20s eight places i think that's just enough that's fine um, but he's just creeping into form just in time you know it's his national open and he gave it a really good go last week closed the final round of 66 just missed that birdie part on the last which 
maybe he didn't get in the playoff. And we all know at his best, like Victor is just a top ball striker. He showed that last week and he had a very tidy short game. He ranks sixth in driving accuracy, 13th in greens in regulation, 7th in ball striking, 5th in putting and 1st around the green. And like we've seen here in the past, it's either the exceptional ball strikers like the likes of Fleetwood, Biesberger, Keimer, or it's like the grinders, Dow, JD, that seem to get it done here. So I'd definitely put Perez in the first category and he, he showed really good signs initially that his short game is also in a great place. So I'm just not really sure what anyone else wants or needs. Uh, he's played here twice, missed the cut on his debut, then finished 16th last time here. He was on track for a top 10, but a final round of 73 meant he fell away. But he did have rounds of 67 and 69, um, which just shows what he's capable of doing around here. And yeah, he was the only one really from the top that appealed. I did like Jordan Smith, but he's just far too short. <laughs> yeah. At 20, I could never, I, I, I liked him, but I thought we'd get like 35s. And when I saw him at 22, so yeah. I like, yeah, I, uh... um, I think I'll give up golf betting before I bet Jordan Smith at 20 to 1. But I did really like him. Like, uh, that was what I was going to talk about. Like, I do really think this is a good golf course for Jordan Smith. Yeah. If he's ever going to have an edge over anyone, it's going to be a golf course like this. Um, interesting to your point about Perez, about this, you sort of put him in that former category and then said that his short game is in good shape. I think he's just, he fits both, like, at any different times, right? Like, he, he can mm. he can be that really All tidy scrambler. Um but ultimately, he's got that high ceiling where he can really ball strike the lights out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think with Perez, it's... I don't know if it took, like, the Ryder Cup points restarting, the fields to get a little bit better, whatever, the time of year, to just for him to get the bit between his teeth. And, like, mm-hmm. it, it now feels like... Is, is it Perez that lives by Dunhill Links? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it lives in so so he, he's now got... Basically, two home games in a row, if you want to call them that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a really important time now for for Perez to to take advantage of these back to back weeks. Um, and I think he can. I think he could he could easily win one yeah. top five and the other, or, or vice versa. So he done um, that this year, didn't he? I thought he, or he didn't win, but let um, me let me just have a look. So, sounds like something he would do, but it, it, he's he's very capable of doing that. Like he, yeah. I mean, what did, did he? We won the dunhill links in the past did he? yeah he has yeah yeah so he's obviously won the dunhill links and then he played well at wentworth as well maybe in the same year um i just i hate this new owr you type in perez and you oh, think no. he would be the first person it's not why would he not be the top one yeah if there's like, four argentinians <laughs> he's the highest ranked one yeah. like, they don't go not? in that order yeah there's so many little bugs that they need to fix uh so. yeah so he won the dutch open and then finished third at the porsche european open. that's it yeah i knew he had two good weeks in a row yeah, yeah and that and that's that's what he can do right and then even like last year when he was kind of in and out like ninth for the players and then four for the match play like his ceiling is so high. Um, mm. 14th for the Scottish Open, second at the BMW Championship at the end of 2020. Like He just has those little runs of form. I think now he couldn't have timed it better. I think he realises that he missed a massive opportunity at last Ryder Cup, has a chance to do it this time. Probably a better chance than ever because of the, the pool of players. Yes, exactly. Narrowing. Um, so, yeah, I do really like Victor Perez. Seems like a person that maybe just needs a bit of a rocket up his arse every now and then um, mm. and seems to have got one recently. So I like that. Um, fellow Frenchman, Brad, Antoine Rosner, 
Um, yeah. I haven't gone with him. One, because I, I thought his price had shortened, shortened than it actually has, and he's now still... Hasn't shortened that much. No, yeah, still 28 to 1. Uh, I thought I thought my eyes must have maybe read it was 20. Um, <clears throat> I also do just think he's, he's that type of player, Brad. We're waiting for him to have a good week with the putter. Um, yes. And when I think back to Bernd Wiesberger last year, we waited and we're still waiting. And that's my concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let, you, I'll let you sell the story on, on um, Anton Rosner and then um, I can sort of Thanks, either Jackie. be negative Nelly or whatever. Yeah, well, he was actually the first name I wrote down on my shortlist this morning. Yeah. Um, and I, I just similar to Perez, he just ticks a hell of a lot of boxes. Uh, he's been in great form. Three top 16 finishes in his last four starts, which includes the third place at the European Masters. It just feels as though he isn't far away from a win, given his performances. And as you just said, it's just it will just come down to a good putting week. Um, but there's no one in the field who's hitting it as consistently as well as him right now. Like he's hitting so many greens. I think last week he was 21st in greens in regulation, but before that he was second uh second of the event before and then second again i haven't got it up but i think something like that it was extremely consistent sitting loads of greens um and yeah it will just come down to the putter uh, hasn't played at this course before um but he grew up in paris so it wouldn't surprise me if he has played it a few times he attended every day of the 2018 Ryder cup which was hosted at this course in paris and it just remains a dream for him to play in the Ryder Cup. So I think a win here would certainly help him achieve that. And, you know, just walking the course at least, I think he's going to have a good idea what this course is all about. And I think it's going to be a great fit for him. Uh, so he's going to be highly motivated. So, yeah, I really like Anton Rosner this week. And I've got, I took him at 30 to 1, 28 is totally fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I like him. You look at. You look at Rosner, last six months in total accuracy, so that's driving accuracy and greens and regulation, he is 18th. You look at just greens and regulations over the last six months, and he um, is 14th. But you narrow that down to sort of three months. Uh, mm. He's sixth in greens and regulation, um, and I think he moves up in the total accuracy as well, 13th. So, like, he's just right up there in, in both things. He's so um, yeah. You know, people that are above him that, that are in this field... Uh, Richie Ramsey, Ashley Chester's. Um, we we know what Ashley Chester's is. We know what Richie Ramsey is. Um, for some reason, um, John Catlin and Hugh Lauter are not playing because um, otherwise they they would be decent uh, selections as mm-hmm. well. I think. But um, you know, you know, they're right up there in terms of yeah. There's, there's not many who are hitting it better than him. Though. It's just it's it's, it's just uh, he's hitting it so consistently well. Yeah. It's, so this course makes sense why he hasn't played here because we haven't played this event since 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still playing on the Challenge Tour at that point. He was still playing in Challenge Tour. I think we forget just kind of how new he is to the tour, and also um, obviously COVID and stuff's got in the way. The only thing that concerns me a little bit is he's just not, as far as I know, he's either not played or just never played well in Wales uh, at the Celtic Manor, which you would think that would be a good golf course for him. Um, mm-hmm. So I was surprised by that. But I don't think not playing there and not having a result is a downside. Like, no. if he did play there and he could very easily finish second or third, and we we don't know any better doing exactly. so. Um, th- there's a little bit of unknown about Rosner, which I actually quite like. Um, so someone that I could definitely see myself getting on later in the week. Um, 
but first up for me was Andy Sullivan. Um, Six straight made cuts here, so misses cut on um, I don't know if it was de- maybe debut, but like he was the 54 hole leader um, right from the very start of you know his playing career at this golf course. So he missed the cut on debut, and then when he finished 26th um, in the second year, he played, he played very very well. Um, he's just been a great talent for a long time on the European tour, and just hasn't really managed to. Find consistency. Never found consistency, is he? Um, which, which concerns me. But he, the, we know the upside with Sullivan is a win. And when you look at consistency for him, like 26th, 6th, 5th, 13th, 21st, and 23rd, um, is a is a really good run of form at this golf course. Um, so yeah, I, I was really impressed by that. Um, just just stood out to me a mile um, in terms of what he's done. So, yeah, really liked Ali Sullivan. Um, he was ninth, I believe, in strokes gain approach last week. Um, it just just feels like he's now showing the kind of form that we know he can do. Um, got my numbers mixed up here. He wasn't ninth. He was 23rd. Um, 23rd yeah. but, but, he, but he's up there um, in terms of, of ball striking, which is great. Um, so just really impressed with what he has done. Mm-hmm. It's... It's one of those. It's a bit of a feel play, really, with Andy Sullivan, because I just think he's better than he's shown for the last couple of years. Um, and it came to life recently um, at the Wales Open, which is is the one that we've sort of been alluding to. Yeah, finished um, third, didn't he? Finished third there, and that's where the run started. And he finished third that week after opening for seventy four. So I just think we've we've got a lot to like about Andy Sullivan. Um, mm-hmm in this stretch so Definitely. i think a lot of upside for andy sullivan the price is a little bit hard to swallow considering what he's been um, yes. of late yeah but i think you're paying that one on his consistency and two um just you know what he is so mm-hmm. um really like andy sullivan there and he's, he's he's one to get off to a hot start isn't he he is yeah so he might be worth a little dabble. Leader. Yeah. yes i think so if the obviously if the weather is suits yeah um, i like that Mm. Oh, I, like, I like Andy a lot this week there's, as well. There's a couple in this area as well now. That, so Sam Horsfield plays well at Celtic Manor. I don't think this is a good golf course for him because I think it'd be too claustrophobic. Mm. Didn't play very well the other day as well. Hasn't played, oh, well last week. Yeah, not been in the best of form. But then other people, Alexander Bjork's got a good record here. Jorge Campillo's got a good record here and is yes. playing well. Um, He's just putting and scrambling like a madman, isn't he? He is, yeah. which, which is... Which is one is probably a little bit of a concern because you just can't keep that up and you need to be really hot with your irons. Um, mm. So, yeah, don't don't know quite what to do with, with Campillo. He was another one that I was a little bit... I think Jason, Jason likes Campillo this week, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I think he's with you on Rosner as well. Rosner, he? yeah. Rosner and Campillo was his, was his two. Yeah, so, yeah, he likes Rosner, he likes Campillo. So that, that kind of goes in that little bucket there. I think they're all very similar players around here. And then the other yeah. two that I've got at this price, Mikko Korhonen uh, and Matthew mm-hmm. Southgate. Um, don't know if you, you were listening back from last week, Brad, but was on both of those. Um, nice. Both were triple digits. So Southgate was 100 to 1. Cornham was 125 to 1. Cornham was inside the top 15. Um, he's made three of five cuts here. Um, finished inside the top 38. Nothing special um, in those efforts. But you look at him, he's finished 15th at the Wales Open uh, this year. And I'm pretty sure he was 
fourth maybe the year before that third the year before that so i've done him out of a place there as well uh which just one shot outside the playoff between justin Harden and nacho alvira so um just feels like a really good golf course for him he has the attitude i think to just go out there and just stripe it down the fairway and and mm-hmm. you know hit the greens and that's just what you need to do here doesn't get beyond himself so in hindsight i think i probably should have waited a week on him um but he played pretty well at the right numbers last week um, he did yeah and then southgate again probably it might be two weeks too early because last week because he's going to probably play well at the dunhill links but he's been 11th and 5th the two times that he's made the weekend here and it's actually probably a better golf course this week than it was last um seems to relish these kind of wind affected layouts um mm-hmm. His irons are still good. They weren't yeah, as good. His, his approach play has been really good the last three events, hasn't it? It has. Um, like, the last week wasn't as good. but like, No, but he was more accurate last week, so he's, yeah. which, is, which is probably a better thing for this week. Yeah, know, exactly so. that. Like 13th, 5th and 4th strokes gain approach uh, the three weeks leading to last week, 41st uh, in the end. But then um, 22nd, 11th, 10th and 35th in strokes gain approach. Um just just really solid numbers and we know what Southgate needs to do he needs to make some putts and that's basically what we're saying about almost everybody that we're um on this week so uh, yeah I, I just like him I think I think he's playing a lot better he was 18th in greens and regulations last week uh, top 10 in the field uh, in the opening round so just, just there, solid. Um, just keeps... I was close. To, I was close to Southgate myself. Uh, do, do you? What was the reason you weren't with Southgate? Um, I just felt as though this, this last two rounds, um, he's he just put me off. And then I just thought um, he's just come in a bit price-wise to a number where I not don't think I can take. There was some, there's someone else I liked around that range, and I was, it was more I'm going to take him rather than him, rather than not to the fact that I. Don't Didn't like, like Southgate, yeah. but um, I just preferred someone else at a similar number. So it was, yeah. it was interesting because when he was Saturday, he got all the way to like the 15th hole where he was in a good position. Um, I think he was inside the top 10 or about or around the top 10. Then he bogeyed 15, double bogeyed 17. He basically thought his day was run or his mm-hmm. tournament was run. Then he opens up with uh, uh, bogeys on the second, sixth and eighth hole yesterday. And you think, yep, he's definitely toast now. He can't even place. Uh, can't <laughs> even top 10 or whatever. Then he goes birdie on the ninth, birdie on the 11th, birdie on the 17th, birdie on the 18th. Like he was birdie in the holes that he should have birdied, birdied yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I quite like, I took a bit of encouragement from how he bounced mm-hmm. back after a, a poor run. Yeah, um, that's certainly something for sure. And, and the price, obviously, he's come in a, a decent amount from last week, but then we've lost Rory McIlroy, Vitz Hovland and Fitzpatrick. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense that he's a price that he is. So, right, um, yeah. yeah, so like Matthew Southgate, there was a plethora of players here again I was interested in. Tom Lewis I liked, Yannick Paul I liked, kind of Simon I, I liked. I think Lang Gask is a... I didn't Lang Gask, yeah. I didn't take him because he hasn't been doing... He hasn't really looked like Lang Gask of late, you know. Right. His um, approach plays pretty poor and I, I just... I think if you're not on fire though, it's like you're going to you're gonna get caught out. Um, but I do still think 80 to 1 is a big price about him with eight places. Um that I just uh, that that would just be a number play. Um, yeah, but I didn't get there. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm the same with Langas because I just said sort of to Sky on on the the other show that we do that he had won in Wales. He's a, he's a winner in, on the Celtic Manor. Um, yeah. 
he'd played well here in the past. I think he was 18th the last time they played it here. Um, yes, yeah, that's from as well. And he was decent enough on his debut. Like I think he was 33rd and then 50th. And bearing in mind he would have played those like when he was like not the player that he is now. He was actually 10th at the halfway stage when he finished 50th like in 2016. So actually his form's a little bit hidden. Um, but what's not hidden, like you said, is his ball striking has just been off. And yes. if Langaski's ball striking's off, there's no point, um, which is probably That's why he's surprised he is. Um, yep. But 80 to 1, about a course that is perfect for Romain Langaski, is at home. That's it. He might he's... just turn it on. He it... might just turn it on. It might have been, mate, that there's just been a run of poor courses for him. Like yeah. Wentworth might not be a great golf course for him. It's, it's very unique to some people. Last week it was more wide open and and not really, um, you know, necessarily the right fit for for someone of his skill set. So mm. um, the fact that he finished fifty seventh and forty first in those two events isn't a massive concern. And actually, when you look at it through the first two rounds of Wentworth, he shot sixty nine sixty eight to sit twenty eighth going into that sort of butchered final round. Yeah. Um, and even last week he opened with a sixty nine. Uh, and was 15th after day one. So there are some signs, a little little bit of signs. Yeah, there are. I, I think I think there's something to take from that. And Himmeland again was very much like you know just hit it and find it type of thing. Mm. I guess He's not that he didn't miss the cut by lows and then at the European Masters or Himmeland really. Looking I back. think I think the miscut at the the European Masters is probably the most concerning of that bunch because like. Mm. You would expect him to go well there, and I think he has gone well there in the past. Yes, he um, has. And I think I might even have picked him for that that week. I think he was only like forty to one, but I, I'm I am tempted by that eighty to one. It, it must be said. Yeah, um, me too. Mm. Tom Lewis one. definitely for me just keeps popping up. Um, mm-hmm. Ball striking is great. Uh, likes this sort of test. Yeah, he just fell away last week and then come back, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He, a... he started awfully, didn't he? Did he open for forty or something on yeah. the front nine? Yeah. Um, Something like that. It was quite funny because the commentary said that, oh, this is this is very uncharacteristic for Tom Lewis. And I was like, well, he's been doing that for <laughs> basically. Yeah, he's, he's been he's been like this for basically three years. But it was yeah, it was on on Saturday, wasn't it? He made a double bogey, then a bogey on two and three, then he birdied five, but then double bogey, bogeyed eight and nine. Um, so he he shot God knows what then. Um, but just rallied back with three birdies on the back nine and mm-hmm. then opened up with two birdies on the front nine yesterday. Yes. Just had three bogeys. So I think, you know, we've been talking about Tom Lewis basically every week since he come back. Um, I think I think there's something there with him. Like, I think he's oh, A really crappy record here, though. That's the only four missed cuts. So no. I just wonder, though, when he was probably playing this, I mean, what are they like? At least five or six years ago, those oh, God, yeah. starts like. Yeah. I wonder if back then he was a bit more gung ho. Like, mm-hmm. he was probably one of the. Lo- I don't know if he was one of the, ever one of the longest hitters, but he was. He was someone that probably gave it a bit of a whack. Didn't really worry about his game. He's been through lots of peak trust in his career already for someone of his yeah. age. Um, and we see it right that like, even the people that have won here. Have actually had some pretty horrendous records before when they're like Marcel mm-hmm. Seams, 66th withdraw, 18th 52nd win. Yeah. Um, Thomas Levey, 58th 30th, 69th miscut win, and then four miscuts after winning. Um, yeah. 
Nicholas Colsarts. He did have a couple of top Colesarts 11s. Colsarts a but... couple of 11s, but I, I don't know, yeah, still, mm. it's not great. He's not, not had a top 10. No, it? feels like a feels like a course that you need to have seen, but don't necessarily need to have competed at right, to, yeah. uh, to do so. And then, obviously, you've got the likes of Rosner and that that you think can come and do it on debut. But, we'll um, see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, last one for you, Brad, was yes. Calais Samoya. Um, and I'm intrigued by this one because he's a name that caught my eye just on odds alone, but I didn't really have much else on him. Mm. So we know now he's a player that has proved that he doesn't necessarily need to be in good form to yield results. Yeah. Uh, when he won the European Open earlier in the year, he was coming off three consecutive missed cuts. Okay, he did finish with a closing round of 64. He caught everyone off guard. He posted the, the clubhouse lead and he won like that, but still, he won. Yeah. And then he finished tied fifth in Qatar after four poor performances in a row. These are two of the tougher scoring events we see um, on the European Tour. And it's similar to what we can expect to see at the Golf National this week. Um, and he clearly prefers when an event like becomes more of a grind. Um, he did make the cut last week in Italy. Uh, he finished tied 41st. Some good signs in there. He ranked fourth for total driving, 25th driving accuracy which I think was his best, his most accurate he's hit his driver for a while. Um, fairways are tough to find here, so like to see that. And he has played here once before, and he did well. He finished 18th on his debut, which included an open opening round of 67. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a tough player to get right, as he can be quite inconsistent. Um, <laughs> but he's a great competitor, and I just think there is... A good upside with him. Um, I think this will be the type of event he'll be, tar- well, he'll be targeting a good performance. Um, and yeah, I've got him at 125s. I don't know what the best about him is now. I think it might be 110s with um, with Coral and Ladbrokes, yeah. eight places. So I, that's plenty big enough for me. Uh, so yeah, I like him as a long yeah, shot. I think there's, I think there's a decent amount of upside on Kelly Samoya. I think he's a player that. We're waiting for him to break through. He's broken through now, and you know, again, it's just—I don't think he's in the same level as, as like a Bobby Mack or anything like that. But like, it, same sort of thing as you—you're intrigued to see how they kick on. There's a certain amount of golf courses that suit them, and this should be one of them for him. Um, and we see where he goes from there. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. So, me, my final definitive selection, uh, James Morrison. He was the 54-hole leader here in 2011. He was the runner-up in 2015. He's got a top five at Celtic Manor. He's made three straight made cuts, was top 20 after 36 holes in Crans, and he shot a 62 in Himaland, where he finished 22nd. And then he was 11th after 36 holes at Wentworth before falling away in the final round. So all of that in a very quick summary there, Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, just really impressive. Like, yeah. 54-hole leader here in 2011. Like, yes, he did fall away, uh, but 2011, he, he'd he won once. He'd won the Portugal Open or whatever, uh, and he'd lost in a playoff to Alvaro Quiros at the Open de Espanha, but he wasn't a winner, a perennial winner or anything like that. So um, quite a big tournament to try and win. Um, trying to think, that might have been the Thomas LeVay year, so he probably had a little bit of... Um, you know, like home home yeah, disadvantage, people, root, people yeah. rooting against him. Um, don't know if that necessarily matters for someone like James Morrison. I think he gets in his own way anyway, but like mm-hmm. that that can't <laughs> help, can it? it um, can't, so he finished seventh that week, um, but he was he was the leader for fifty four holes. Uh, and he and he led after every round that week until then. So um I think that's really impressive. 
uh, no, sorry, he didn't. He opened, he was third after day one, and then he was first after day two and three. Since then, 31st, 52nd, um, miscut second, miscut 49th, 57th. So he's not been amazing since, but even yeah. 2018, he opened, uh, he was seventh after day one. He never seems to play himself out of this golf course. No. Um, and he definitely fits in that kind of tidy player that you mentioned with the, the JDs and the people like that, G-Max. Um, yes. So, yeah, just a grinder, just just got some upside. I think he's the type that's capable of shooting the lowest round of the day and the highest round, which is always a little bit of a concern. Um, Definitely. He's, could with, could <laughs> he's got a wide he's... range of, select, uh, of um, results, isn't he, James yes. Morrison? Um, but just what he's done recently, like I'd sort of just go for he, it he again. Just fell, he just fell away last time when he, he, was, yeah. he was up there. Like that, like top 20 after 36 holes at Crans is, is good. 62 in Himland in round two, finishes yes. 22nd, good. 11th out of 36 hours of Wentworth and then just falls away. Like, that's that was, it. That's a difficult event. One, it's a difficult golf course anyway. Then it's a difficult event because it gets shortened because of, of obviously what happened um, to the Queen. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't actually mind. Like, he's, he's shot, he's basically, he was 13th after round one, 11th after round two, 68, 67. He's probably shot at 75, trying to go all guns blazing because he knows that a top five in, um, you know, Wentworth is is worth an awful lot of points being a Rolex yeah. event. So I would prefer to look at the 62 round two in Himalayan, 68 final round there, uh, the 64 in round two of Crans. You know, that yeah, is a golf course he, that he does a lot. There's some good scores amongst them, like last three events, isn't there? It's mm. just, just the signs are there. And, and, he's and got even. This- even before that, like yes, he had those three missed cuts, but Irish Open, he was thirteenth, finished. He was ninth after fifty-four holes. That was mm. a good field. Uh, Scottish Open, thirty-sixth, good field, and he opened with a seventy-five. So he was one hundred and twenty-eighth after day one, and got himself up to thirty-sixth. Mm-hmm. Then twenty-sixth at the Barracuda, where if you just look at his like stroke play stuff, he was inside the top yeah. twenty. Like. He's he's not the type to succeed in Barracuda because he doesn't make eagles and stuff like that. So, well, he's he's, he's so accurate, isn't he? He's cons- consistently in the top twenty in driving accuracy, and yeah, you know, he's and that's so important here. So you can see why he's had some joy here over the years. Yeah, so th- that's what I thought. I thought he was good. I did look at Soren Kjeldsen just because he's flashed a little bit in the past, yes, but yeah. um, the price was shorter than I hoped at hundred to one, and um, you know, it's it's. Not something reliant. I think Sammy Valamaki um, has mm-hmm. won. He, he was a runner-up in Wales to Langask, I think. It was that year that he finished runner-up. And again, yeah. he's another one. If you look at his sort of current form, it's not great because he's missed two cuts. But when he missed the cut at uh, Wentworth, he opened with a 68, so he was 13th after day one. Shoots a 74 and misses. And then mm. last year, uh, last week, sorry, the Italian Open, 76 to open. 69, yeah. 69 before that he was 16th at the kazoo classic this is the one in wales uh where he's fifth after 54 holes uh and then he was on a run of 430 of 24 i don't think i think did you back him for that wales event i'm not sure i did i did it might have been sky yeah i can't yeah so he, he's been on the radar for people recently um and then you people just looking at those two miscuts he hasn't played here and just thought oh, i'm just gonna rule him out but Decent win player, played well at Celtic Manor, um, 125 to one, thought it was decent. So, yeah, that's um, a big, big price on him. I like that. 
there's there's just I mean we could go down the list. I mean David Horsey I even looked at <laughs> like because he did well last time out. He did um, another one that um, might might suit him. I haven't. I'm trying. I'm, I haven't got so a good record here. So it's got a terrible record. But it's weird. So when he makes a cut, so he finished thirty first on debut, and then he finished twenty seventh and thirty second the last two times. Um, but he's he, that's basically what me off. That yeah. is his record. Yeah, but. I think there's enough there, though. Like again, for a long shot, and he's someone that needs a big performance as well. Those and... things, the thing with Horsey that frustrates me a little bit uh, is those course figures. Like he was never going to be better than those 27. So it's not like he was 10th and fell away or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, but if you if prototypical player for the Open de France at the Golf National, he fits it right it does that's why i don't understand yeah. <laughs> i was like quite excited to, like, to check out his record i can't say i know his record off by hand yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was like i can't wait to see what his record is and uh no i was left disappointed yeah if, if you knew david horsey's record at the open of oh, france i'd definitely no, call you a God. liar um so for some reason i made some really weird notes on Eddie sullivan saying that he was the 54 hole later on a debut he wasn't so um, just scrap that bit that I said earlier in the podcast, but it doesn't mm. take away from the fact that I do really like him. I think there's a there's a lot to like <coughs> a lot of upside. Um, I think that's probably it. Like, mm-hmm. th- there's a load of other players that we could talk about. Like Canazares has got a second on this golf course. He's like four hundred to one. Yeah. Um, Broberg plays really well at this golf course. He's like four hundred. Alex to one. Fitzpatrick did quite well last week. Yeah, he, he so he's in the the only problem with Fitzpatrick is he can't. Hit a fairway, can he? Um, no, so I, I wouldn't say, but no, he's just one of those where it's like I wouldn't back him, but it's uh, he just got just thought I'd uh, highlight that he finished inside the top 30 last week, which yeah, I think was pretty yeah, cool, pretty good for him. Um, I liked his little thing on Instagram or whatever it was where he messaged uh, Matt to say he was one yard ahead of him, and then Matt sent him that he was first on the leaderboard. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, was good, I love uh, that. But yeah, I mean, Hugo Leon has finished eighth here, and he's been inside the top fifteen at Wales. Like, there's some yeah. really weird players that could just show up, and you just wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm. But you just can't rely on him. Like, I can't give you reasons about these five hundred sixteen to one, no. one golfers. They are that price for a reason. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think if you're looking for skill sets, it's it's accuracy over distance because um, not only would it be foolish to take the driver sometimes? Well, but half, it, I think there's half of the holes have um, have water. I yeah, think, guard, they guarded by the green. So just... they literally take it out of your hands, like, yeah. which is why like people look at like Nicholas Colsarts and think he shouldn't play well here because he's all about distance. But as long as he's like, hitting his irons well, he mm-hmm. he's capable of of putting the ball in the fairway. Like you look at Ryan Fox, sixth, forty fourth, eighteenth here. Like if you're one of the longest with a driver you're going to be one of the longest with the iron so as long exactly. as you can find the fairway like Ryan Fox was the first round leader he shot 65 uh, in 2019 so it's I, I wouldn't rule long hitters out it's just that the, the shorter hitters are you know more reliable That's right, yeah. Marcus Kinholt was 5th and 11th here in two starts mm-hmm. 54 hole leader uh, in 2018 um, yep. there's loads there, there really is loads I think I think I'm pretty much done with my selection. I'm pretty much done. There, there was there's a bunch of um, young French amateurs that I've backed in the past on the Alps Tour that yep. are getting an opportunity this week. I probably don't know enough about them to to, to suggest that they're gonna 
play all right here, you know, but you never know of an amateur. But um, that's an upside with them. They're going to be up for it. But yeah, I'm probably going to leave them alone. Um, but it's, there's a few to look out for, like uh, Tom Tom Valent, really good upcoming French player. I think he's inside the top 50, I think. More is he going to be one of those ones that's called like, Tom Valent? Valent, just, yeah, just, I probably just butchered his name. I wouldn't worry about it. But... Tom Valent. Um, Julian Sale, another one. And there's this there's this one guy who, who I'm definitely not going to say his name, but I might just for a giggle. Uh, Oihan Guillemont guy. Um, he's won. Spot on. <laughs> he won. He won. I think uh, on the Alps Tour this year. So uh, yeah, these are players that you might show up. Martin Couver, another one. But yeah. There's there's a guy called Matthew Decondis Lafon who finished 16th here in his uh, second only start on this golf course in <laughs> you know in this event and uh, has finished third on the Challenge oh. Tour this year in Le, v- Le Vaudreuil Golf Challenge, which I think is in France oh, yeah. as well. And I've got to say another one I've missed out, I've meant to mention anyway, is mm. uh, Pierre Pinot. Yes. Probably, yeah, he won on the Challenge Tour last, last week. Unfortunately, he beat my guy, Rivetto, another talented Frenchman, in, in the playoff. But he is from Paris. Um, I think he represents a club about 25 minutes away. Um, he's obviously going to be coming off on a high. He's just won for the first time uh, professionally. So you never know. He might be a top 40 bet or something like that. Um, Interestingly, yeah. with, with Pierre Pinot as well, is that he won after... He, he just missed three cuts going into that event. Oh, he won and, on the Alpstra, didn't he? Um, no, I was just saying, like, he, he's won, he won last week after... St- Missing three cuts and opening with a 74. Yes, so I know, don't he's, remind me. He's absolutely steamrolled you. But also, he was second at the Euran Bank Open, which used to be a, a co-sanctioned event, didn't it? Yes. Um, no, so... it was. I was right. It was his first professional win. Uh, yeah. it was, he's, had a, he's had a bunch of runner-ups on the Alps Tour and, uh, as you just mentioned, the Euran Bank Open. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, could, be, could be a good placement bet. Yeah, I think, I think they're definitely like what top 40s top, and things if like you can that, get a good they? number top 40 yeah um but yeah definitely definitely go too, too carried away with them so um i'm just going to review my picks so i've gone with andy sullivan uh 40 to 1 um again don't don't take off the fact that i said he was a 54 hole leader here on his debut because i lied to you um <laughs> i don't know quite why i've written that down or or what i was thinking but it doesn't take away from the fact that i do really like the way he's playing the fact that he's made six straight cuts here um, and that he sort of showed life at the Wales Open. Uh, Mikko Korhonen, three or five made cuts here. He is 50 to one again, sticking with him last week, as I am with Matthew Southgate. Um, again, I think he's just a good time to get on him before the Dunhill Links, where he's going to be very, very popular. And James Morrison at 125 to one. Bit of a weird betting card, but I think <laughs> it's a bit of a weird, unique event a, as well. Brian. Yeah, you need to have a bit of weird weirdness for this one, I think. Um, I've gone for Victor Perez. I think the best you can get now is 20 to 1. Yeah. Um, that's a sky bet. And then I've gone for Antoine Rosner, uh, 28 to 1. And my last one is Kalasamoya, 125 to 1. Yeah. And um, I think you can get, sorry, 110 to 1 with Coral and Labrit's the best you can get now. Sorry. So I think, I think yours is the smarter card. Uh, mine is the let's try and get That's good. Someone. We've got a nice little blend there. Yeah, I think so. And then obviously Jason's gone with Rosner and Campillo. Um, yeah. 
and, and he's still looking at others as well. So he will have um, some pieces out for Bet Victor and things like that to look out for. Um, so, Brad, we've got the Dunhill and Dinks next week. Um, mm-hmm. What have we got on the PJ well, Tour? Is, is it Sanderson Farms? We've got the Sanderson Farms, I think. Yeah, so Sanderson Farms and the Dunhill Links next week, and then we've got the Shriners and something else on the on the DP World Tour after that. Um, but yeah, yeah, some good good couple of weeks coming up. Uh, lots to look forward to, and uh, let's see what happens at the Open to France this week. Yeah. Cheers, Tom. Mm-hmm.